0: Coming up on the endpoint zone, this time you're going to be able to see some really neat stuff. We're going to talk about the market and what's been happening there. We're also going to explain how the Intune Managed Browser and the Azure App Proxy works. We're going to show you the new innovations in co management. And we've also got something really kind of fun coming fun. up at the end of the show. Hey, welcome to the Endpoint Zone with Brad Anderson. This is episode 1803. Brad, welcome back to the studios again. Kind of cool to be talking about AppRollux.
1: Oh my gosh. it is. I have never had so much fun in my life from a professional standpoint of what we're having
0: right now. There's just so much happening, there's so much change, there's so much innovation. It is just fun. It is crazy, isn't it? The amount of customers that are coming into M365 right now is just incredible. Yeah, and as I think about you know, one of the things we like to kind of talk about here each month is what's happening and what are the
1: trends in the industry. And it really is kind of a continuation of what we've seen, but it's accelerating. And so the move to the cloud, mm-hmm. as we watch the number of new mailboxes, the amount of files that are coming into OneDrive for business and exchange online, the number of identities that are coming under management, the number of devices coming under management, Intune, that acceleration is just accelerating. And so you know, several years ago, we, we knew that this was going to happen. So we did all of our innovations looking towards the cloud. Mm-hmm. And we said, hey, let's go design some of these things like conditional access in the cloud, and let's innovate on that, and then let's bring it on-prem. Uh, and boy, is that just accelerating. Um, I can tell you, it is amazing. Every morning I come in, I have a set of dashboards that I look at, and it's phenomenal
0: to see how much they grow overnight. Yeah, you've been saying for a long time that architecture matters, and we're really coming into that world where that architecture is just so important as we start to see customers Really massive customers coming onto our platform. Yeah, when you're talking
1: about you know 120, 130 million monthly active users of of Office 365, you're talking about tens of millions of devices and identities being managed by by EMS. You know, architecture absolutely matters because is it scale? Is it performant? You know, and I'll tell you some of the most interesting things that we've been seeing for the last several months. You know, throughout throughout the bulk of 2017, there were more than a million new devices that would pop up inside of Intune um, each month that were being managed. Those are phenomenal numbers. You know several million every month that are coming up in terms of new identities that are being managed. Mm -hmm. One of the most interesting things that we've seen over the last, you know, since the first of the year, is the amount of Windows 10 deployments that are happening. In fact, if you take a look at the telemetry in Config Manager, since January 4th, Mm -hmm. there's been a Windows 7 device upgraded to Windows 10 every 0.98 seconds since January 4th.
0: That's impressive. I guess that's accelerating because more people are just getting to that point of thinking about how do they get deployed before it's too late. Yeah. In fact, right now, as I look at the telemetry inside a Config
1: Manager, you know, we actually just passed 110 million devices that are now inside a Config Manager nice. reporting up. More than 35 percent of those are now on Windows 10 uh, and, and that is accelerating. So, there's also a move to Windows 10. So, the move to the Cloud, the move to Windows 10. You know, in terms of the overall market, you know, we've, we've talked for a couple of years about how this market was going to consolidate. Mm-hmm. That organizations were looking for more comprehensive solutions that brought together identity and management security and productivity you yeah, and over the last month since the last time we did this you know all of the EMM players have all announced their numbers you know and, and you take a look at the numbers and what we're doing here at Microsoft our solution is growing at 3 or 4x times what Airwatch or Mobile Iron or any other solution like that is not only in terms of revenue but in terms of usage yeah. you know it's fascinating so here we are in March you know our Microsoft fiscal year goes from June sorry July 1st until June 30th And we said everything is based upon usage goals. And so, you know, on July 1st, I sent out a mail to the team and said, hey, here's our usage target for the next 12 months. Mm -hmm. We actually hit that in February. Yeah. Okay, so we actually doubled it. You know, and, and I remember setting that target on July 1st last year thinking, man, this is aggressive. We're talking about several hundred percentage points of growth in usage on multiple millions of devices that are being managed. We hit that target seven months into the year. And so we actually have doubled it now, as we
0: think about what we're, what we're projecting now towards uh, the end of June. So it's just, it's phenomenal to see that. So Brad, some of those uh, users are actually coming from places like education as well. Tell us a little bit yeah. more about what's happening in Yeah, June. I've actually
1: been spending a lot of time working with education organizations, and, and, and one of the interesting data points, if I take a look at the telemetry inside a Config Manager, we're actually managing more than 20 million PCs in wow. uh, education organizations around the world, right? But one of the things that we've been working on is a lot about how do we help organizations who want to have these really low-cost devices, so win- running Windows 10S mm-hmm. at school, um, and how we help them do that in a way that is super you know, cost-effective, it's, it's friction-free, and gives the, the students this incredible learning experience. Well, a couple of things, you know, one of the most amazing things that, that we always benchmark ourselves in the U.S. against Chromebooks. You know, if you take a look, everyone knows that Chromebooks has been having incredible success in education in the U.S. In the last 90 days, it's the first time ever that Windows actually took market share from Chromebooks. Wow. In education in the United States. That's impressive. And it's been fun to be involved with a number of these organizations who are looking at what, you know, what Office brings to bear, what the rich Windows applications bring to bear. And then as we built uh, you know, Intune for, for, for education, this incredible simple uh, management capability. In fact, I think you have a customer you wanted to talk about. I do,
0: yeah. I've got Davidson Academy up here, who are one of our customers that's actually using Intune for education um, and loving that experience. Mm-hmm. The thing about education that folks need to kind of think about is that it's all about the educational outcomes, making those amazing. This is a K through 12 school, which means that the users inside of that company, inside of that school, actually all have their own machine, but it's not something they know how to manage. The school actually gave a Windows 10 device one to one to every student. Yeah, one on one, every single student. And there's only one person managing all of those devices, and he doesn't have a huge amount of time for that role. So there's a lot of things that have to be just automated for him. He doesn't need to be thinking in terms of um, organizational units. He needs to be thinking in terms of class sizes and classes and how those kids are actually gonna have a PC that's as simple for them to use as some building blocks.
1: Yeah, one thing I love about this is they're using Azure Active Directory Premium because they understand the importance of, a t- of protecting the mm-hmm. identities. They're using Intune to manage all the device. He talks about the ability to remotely wipe the device, to manage them anywhere they are without having to have any infrastructure deployed on-premises. It's a great, great story, and if you get a chance to read that, I think it'd be important. Or, it's just helpful for you to go ahead and read that and understand kind of how organizations like this are doing it. Because for most organizations, like if I compare what most education organizations have in terms of budget
0: compared to most enterprises, mm-hmm. you know. They're not as well funded. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. That's, that has to be true. And I'm going to put the, the link to this um, information into the show notes yeah. as well
1: So let's talk about some of the new things we've been working on. and I, one of the most common um, questions that we get is, hey, you know, Microsoft, as you're describing to us all the innovation that you've done, for example with EMS, with Office 365, you help us understand what you're doing in terms of how you, you do conditional access and how you do protection of the cloud assets. But I also have got a very large population of, of apps and, and data on premises. How do you actually apply all that learning to the on-premise world? And So, for everyone here just like the principles that we follow here is we want to innovate in the Cloud because that gets us to open up our minds and do things up in the Cloud that we just, we've never been able to do on-premises. So, we innovate first up in the Cloud. That's by definition what we call a Cloud-first organization. Then we take that learning and we apply it to the on-premise assets that our, that our customers have as well. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things we wanted to show here is what we do in terms of a managed browser, That allows organizations to give secure access and protect access to all the on-premises apps and data, Mm -hmm. without even having to have a VPN up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anything that we can do to keep those devices off the corporate network when you don't necessarily have everything, all the information you need to, to be able to trust those devices, it's absolutely critical for people. But they do have those services that still rely on on on-premises servers. So we've built a really kind of cool solution um, that as we've been showing customers this, they've really been just loving and gravitating towards the idea. Obviously, we know that in our world we have AAD um, as our authentication and control plane. And we've also got those on-premises web servers down there behind that corporate boundary. Now, the thing about this is that our our devices, our mobile devices, they're always out there on the internet. Really rudimentary drawing of an iPad. I recognize it. Yeah. And they never really need to connect directly to that web service. But in the past, We've had to enable some sort of VPN tunnel mm-hmm. to get back there. That in and of itself has actually meant that you've got to be able to provision the VPN tunnel, which has meant that you've had to use an MDM management layer on the device. Mm-hmm. Not all users love that because yeah. they lose a little bit of control over their device, potentially to their IT department. So what we've actually built here is the ability to, in a managed or a non-managed device scenario, actually be able to access that on-premises web service. And the way that this works is that within Azure AD, we have a service called the Azure AD App Proxy. And that can be downloaded as a connector onto our servers. And actually, it doesn't need to live on the web server, it can live on a separate server. That then calls out to Azure AD and starts listening for any incoming connections to Azure AD from a mobile device that needs to access that website. It actually takes the the URL of the on-premises application and creates an internet Mm -hmm. accessible one. Yeah, it basically takes the on-premise access and makes it appear as if it was a cloud service. Exactly, exactly as if it's a cloud service. It also gives you the added benefit of pre-authentication and conditional access mm-hmm. with Azure AD, which now means that all this user's device needs to do is talk to Azure AD, find the, uh, the public URL for that site, and then it will be able to access that website through Azure AD. You don't need to configure any VPN. There is no VPN. There is no VPN. You don't need to poke any holes in your firewall. It's all over port 80 and port 443. Mm-hmm. And Then folks get into this situation where they might have different geographies. So what happens if you have extra web servers? Well, you just add that connector server onto it. It dials out and it knows where Azure AD is. So you can actually have servers servicing your users in New York that live in New York. You can have servers servicing your users that are in London, living in London. Really cool, very, very scalable way of doing things. And we'll put some, um, some notes down into the show notes so that you can find the architecture for this. But I just wanna show you what that experience looks like when uh, we move over to an iPad so you can see it. So this is an unmanaged iPad. So by unmanaged means it's being, it's not MDM managed, but it has some of the MAM capabilities on it. Absolutely. Um, in this case, if I went into the, um, into the settings and we went and had a quick look at the MDM profile, we wouldn't see. Correct. What, but what we have got here is we've got Outlook, we've got Word, and we've got the managed browser. And this is actually a uh, configuration which this user has gone on, they've downloaded Outlook, they've tightened their credentials, they've authenticated themselves. We open up Outlook, it's gonna ask me for my PIN because we've got MAM policy or um, app protection policy for Intune applying to this application type in my secure pin then lets me into my emails in this case you can see I've got an email here with a few links in it so what's going to happen here is I'm going to click a, um, a link to a site on the internet this link is actually just going to open up in Managed Browser didn't open in Safari, forced it straight over into Managed Browser it's just a link to our corporate web page Microsoft.com but it shows you that any link that's inside of Outlook is going to open in the managed browser. One of the cool parts about that is you can now separate corporate browsing from personal browsing.
1: You know, one of the things that end users get concerned about is, is, "IT going to snoop on me?" Yeah. And so, actually, this is a selling point to end users that listen. If you're using these these capabilities that we're deploying down through Microsoft 365, you know, we'll have a managed browser. We're able to secure all the corporate browsing, but your personal browsing, like for example, through Safari. It's all yours. Yeah, we 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 never touch it in any way, shape, or form.
0: Absolutely. And if I'd received this as a link to my personal email, it would have opened up in Safari. That's right. Really nice. So this next one um, is a link for a blocked website. So that's going to again open up in uh, the managed browser. In this case, my organisation is blocking access to Facebook. So now we throw up an alert to say you can't get there from here. Very very you nice. Want to be productive at work. Yeah, right. exactly. Not doing too much Facebook. Okay, so we hit close. I'm going to go back to Outlook again. This next link. Uh, sorry, and um, just to point one thing out with the, the block link there, that's actually a configuration that we've pushed down for the managed browser. So this next link is also something we've configured um, in the managed browser in the background. Uh, I get this question all the time. Yeah. This is
1: How do I securely access my on-prem SharePoint servers?
0: Absolutely. And what we've actually done here is this is a, a SharePoint server, which is now being accessed through the managed browser. We've just had seamless single sign-on. We didn't have to sign into this um, SharePoint site at all. We just went straight through Azure Active Directory because the credentials are, are actually stored on the device inside of the authenticator app. So we had seamless single sign-on to those this resources. This is one of the
1: top ten questions every customer I, I meet with wants to talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah and the fact that you can
1: that we can do this without having to bring a VPN, It's le, it's leveraging all of the intelligence we're going to talk about in a minute of mm-hmm. Azure Active Directory, the intelligent security graph, and all of that innovation that we did up in the cloud is now being applied to the on-premises service, inclusive of you know in this case a SharePoint server. Yeah. This is, I think, such a great example of innovating the cloud mm-hmm. and then bringing the innovation on-prem. Yeah. That's exactly what
0: our model is. And there's, and there's actually one more piece as well that I want to show. So this last link is, um, is going directly back to mm-hmm. um, the Azure App Proxy on-prem. No federation. It's going to go, work through all of that, uh, that diagram I designed earlier on. It hits that Your internal on-prem Centoso travel site. travel site. Internal access only. It's not published on the Internet. The only way to access it is through this browser. Now, here's what makes that really, really cool. I say the only way to access it is through this browser. I'm gonna go ahead and open up Safari. And in this case I'm going to the, um, the myapps.microsoft.com site which is where we publish all of the apps that are available through Azure AD and that includes the Azure App Proxy site. Type in my secure pin, select so my cred so that I don't have to type my password in. There we go, sign in. So this is gonna take me to the web page for all of the apps that are published to me as a user. I'm going to go click that control, so travel icon. Remember, I'm in Safari, and that is not my corporate browser, so we block the access. Yeah. we we'll guide the it. user what to do. Exactly. So now the user is being told, you can either launch the app, and if you don't have the app, you can go get it here. Yep. So if I hit Launch App, props up that I want to open it in the browser. And now it's in the Managed Browser. And now it's in the Managed Browser. So that's our, our approach to Managed Browser. Um, super easy to configure inside of Azure AD or inside of uh, the Azure AD portal. What I had to do was go configure my um, Contoso travel application, set that up through the um, Azure App Proxy. Tons of details in that in the show notes on how to configure it. Then I had to go configure my um, my configuration for managed browser, so that it knows to use the App Proxy, and so that it knows to do things like that, site blocking, and that's it. That's all we needed to do to be able to set that entire experience up and people are loving this when we showed it to them. Uh, you know, I, I think the team just did a phenomenal
1: job on this. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talk about trying to deliver this in a way that is simple, that is easy, both for IT and for the end user. Mm-hmm. And the way that you know the, that the team has delivered this, I think, is really phenomenal. And for every organization that I talk with, everybody has on-premises assets. Yeah. And so this just makes it so impl- so simple to get access to that, especially for these applications that are that are web-based. And then, for example, if you've got a set of services that are not you know uh, web-based, we have solutions whether it be through Ping and the, and the partnership we have with the Ping Federate. You, whether you're edge you're using, you know, like so for example, Cisco Ice, HP Aruba, you know, whether it's uh, Cis- uh, Citrix NetScaler, all those are actually now EMS enabled, mm-hmm. and so you can actually get this same kind of logic applied even to those old applications that are not using ports eighty
0: and four forty three. Yeah. So phenomenally easy, phenomenal. Yeah, it's a it, it is just such a complete solution.
1: So one thing I wanted to talk about is I want to talk a little bit about um, about Windows ten, and so. We are definitely seeing the, the the acceleration of deployments of Windows 10 as I talked about. You know, in fact, that every 0.98 seconds we're seeing a config manager upgrade a new device. Well, one of the things I want, to, I want to really kind of encourage everybody, in fact I want to push you to go and enable inside of inside a config manager is co-management. And so one of the things that we released in what was called uh, RS3, Redstone 3, was the ability for a single device to be both AD and AAD joined, but also managed by Config Manager and Intune. Mm-hmm. And so, what this allows you to do is start applying all the value of the cloud services on top of your Config Manager deployment you know, instantaneously. And so, I want to talk about how easy it is to go, conf- go configure co-management. And this has been one of those delightful things in watching the telemetry. Uh, one of the things that I watch is I take a look inside a Config Manager, how many devices are on RS3, mm-hmm. and then what percentage of those have co-management deployed. Right. And it's actually a really high percentage, okay? Yeah. So, so, the world is understanding what this concept of co-management is. But let me first of all tell you a couple of reasons why you would want to do this and then show you how easy it is. Mm -hmm. So if you go and enable co-management, so now Intune is basically acting as the edge of your Config Manager deployment. There's three values you're going to get immediately without having to change anything. Just go enable it and you can immediately start to take advantage of this. The first is conditional access. And so today, 70% of all of the devices, iOS and Android devices that are being managed by Intune are using conditional access to make sure it's a trusted device before access is given to a service or to data. Mm -hmm. Well, by enabling Intune with co-management, you can immediately start to apply conditional access, that same logic, that same intelligence, to all of your Windows 10 devices. Cool. Okay. Okay. Second thing, with the remote assistance that's in Intune, you can remote assist, remote control a PC anywhere in the world. It doesn't have to be behind the firewall physically or virtually. That's nice. And so you immediately extend your capabilities to be able to do remote assistance to a PC, whether it's a Starbucks, or whether it's behind the corporate firewall. Wow. That's that's value number two.
0: That's important because a lot of people do just get stuck when they're not in their home office.
1: Yep. There are problems there. And then number three, you get the ability to run actions immediately on a device such as Remote Wipe. and Excellent. So you can go into Intune and say, I, I want to go run an action like I want to remotely wipe that device. It's immediately done anywhere in the world. That's not a config manager scenario today, but you get that with Intune. So by going and enabling co-management, you get conditional access, you get the ability to do remote assistance, remote control of a PC anywhere in the world, and you get the ability to run immediate actions on a device anywhere in the world. To me, that's highly valuable to go do what I'm going to show you right here. and It's like you can do this in like, four or five clicks in the mouse. That is incredible. Okay. So, first of so you're looking at the uh, Config Manager console here. Mm-hmm. And the first thing to notice here is I'm looking here in the uh, hierarchy configuration and I've come down here underneath rule. And you can see here there's a rule here that talks about, uh, let's go ahead and, and access uh, or assess uh, co-management readiness. One of the great things that we try to do here is to help organizations as they ready these things to make sure that they're ready to go. If you click on that, you can then see here below, here are the three uh, prerequisites enable in, in to enable co-management. Mm-hmm. You have to have your uh, clients upgraded to build seventeen oh nine or later. Mm-hmm. You um, have to modernize your identity with, with with you know with 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 some with some uh, infrastructure. And then third, your devices have got to be enabled to run in a hybrid Azure Active Directory joined device. Okay. Okay. So we've actually gone through. We've taken a look at how you're configured. You're all ready to go. And so you know you're ready to go and enable co-management. So now you literally go into the console and you go into co-management. So co-management, you take a look here underneath. The, um, the cloud services in, in the hierarchy, there's co-management, and as I come into co-management, it literally is as easy as going saying, hey, I want to enable co-pilot, or I want to enable co-management in a pilot mode, mm-hmm. and you can do it for a select number of users, I want to disable it for all, you click Next, and that's it. Wow. Okay. You have a now enabled co-management, and so mm-hmm. immediately, you can start to do things like conditional access, remote assistance, immediate actions like remote wipe, and it literally is that quick and easy. And then, one of the things that we've also done now is, as you want to start moving some of your things that you're doing in Config Manager up into the Cloud, you now have this ability with these slider bars, and you can say, I'm going to move compliance, this is a conditional access, mm-hmm. up to the Cloud. You could do things like, you know, I want to move my updates, I want to do my endpoint protection, my anti-malware. Yep. Today, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the interface, you see that there are four of these slider bars. Over the next several months, you're going to see this expand out to in the 12 range is what we've mm-hmm. now spec'd out on this. Cool. But what this allows people to do now, is they can start moving one workload at a time from Config Manager up into the Cloud. Mm-hmm. It makes it less risky, it makes it easy to do. And so, that's kind of like the, the second step. But the first step, get in, enable co-management, and start taking advantage of those three things I talked about. You know, Immediate actions, conditional access, and the ability to do remote assistance to anyone, anywhere in the world.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a, this is something that I love about the way that we're, we're approaching this, is that we've actually been out there, we've talked to hundreds of customers, and actually understood that this is a, this is a journey that requires multiple stages. You can't just say on Monday I want um, everybody right. to be on um, the, the old way of managing, and then say on Tuesday everybody's going to be managed in this, this modern way. That way, that's right. It's a it's a process. You have to walk yeah. through it. And one of the things I want to make sure everyone understands this concept
1: of co-management is actually unique to Config Manager and Intune. There's actually a set of communications that are constantly happening between Config Manager and Intune. And when you move one of those slider bars from Config Manager to Intune it literally changes the authoritative source on who that object or attribute is mm-hmm. and so if you move from config manager to intune config manager can no longer write to it and so you avoid conflict yeah. okay and so this concept of co-management is literally a unique thing between between
0: config manager and intune i hear others in the market saying they can do this they can't yeah i think anybody that thinks that they have the entire feature set of config man um, managed in a modern way is it's just not true it's just not true
1: now the other thing i wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about here was I want to, th- to give uh, a little bit of insights into where we're going and how we, how we leverage intelligence going mm-hmm. forward. You know, One of the things that we just fundamentally believe is in this world of modern attacks and what we're, working, what we're living in now, um, human hands and human minds can no longer, they just don't have the capacity to keep up with the attacks. Likewise, the speed at which organizations are trying to move now, it requires intelligence being fed into the system to help IT understand what to go do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I want to give just two examples of what we're doing, how we're leveraging intelligence from the Cloud to both secure as well as help organizations upgrade, and then kind of help people understand how more and more is going to rely upon intelligence. Mm-hmm. So, the first thing, let's look inside of the console here. So, what you're looking at here inside of the console is we're looking inside of the identity. Um, this is Azure Active Directory Premium inside of EMS. and What we're looking at here is a dog that shows us the kinds of things that we look for, Uh, in how identities are used that tell us if that identity is risky or not. Mm -hmm. The concept here is, organizations want to ensure that only trusted users on trusted devices using trusted apps get access to data. Well, how do you know what a trusted user is? And So, Mm -hmm. what we have done is we, we monitor how every single Azure Active Directory identity is used. and If we see anything that is suspicious in behavior, we automatically mark that identity with a, with a risk score. Mm-hmm. and Then conditional access can apply policies to automatically take action such as allow access or block access until the user passes a multi-factor authentication. These are two examples of the kind of things that we look for. So the first one here is if a user signs in from a device that's trying to hide its IP address from us, a normal user doesn't do that. That's a typical tactic of someone who's trying to get in and be sneaky. Mm-hmm. Okay? Second one here is you know the, the the user is signing in from an unfamiliar location. So the scenario there is Brad usually works in Seattle. Brad's identity is trying to authenticate from say Moscow. Mm-hmm. Is Brad really in Moscow on vacation or traveling on business, or has somehow Brad's identity being compromised and someone's trying to use it from Moscow? And so we we're able to take actions like this and then turn that into intelligence for our organizations. And so let's just give you an example of the kind of things that we do. So here I'm going to touch on that user signing in from. Uh, unfamiliar locations. Mm-hmm. It actually comes here and shows me now the users that our intelligence system in the cloud has detected this and is giving you a warning on. So you can see here, you know, Brad, Marco, and Mike have been detected. It says that I that, that my identity tried to authenticate from
0: Des Moines, Iowa. I've not been to Des Moines, Iowa. You know, it's funny actually. The next one down there, Marco Honrado, he actually is, he's on my team. Um, and looking at that date, that's the date that he actually told me that he was working from home, and he doesn't work in New Jersey. That's a so good point. Either he uh, he went to New Jersey, good point. Um, without telling me, which is possible, or somebody's got his identity.
1: No, but the the value here is is we're taking all of that telemetry. Microsoft today receives more than ten petabytes, sorry, ten terabytes of data every day that comes back to us in terms of telemetry and signal. Mm-hmm. We take all of that using artificial intelligence and machine learning in the cloud, turn it into intelligence, and then are able to give back to IT value and data like this.
0: Yeah, you know, I was actually with the digital crimes unit here at Microsoft. Just yesterday, and I was looking at some of that live data coming in, um, and the amount of data that's coming in every second is just incredible. We were looking at a a screen of of malware-infected PCs that were hitting us, and uh, it was just scrolling continuously. Different PCs, different IP addresses all over the world, different devices, just coming in continuously, and that's the data that comes in there. Nobody on earth can do that apart from us. Yeah,
1: because on the data. Let me give you another example of, of what we're doing here. And so, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you some insights into some of the things that we're doing as we think about how, how we help you with um, upgrades. And so, as I as as we work with organizations to help them upgrade from, say, Windows 7 to Windows 10, there's a couple of questions that everybody has. Mm-hmm. Okay, are these devices ready to go up? Am I going to have any app compatibility issues? What uh, add-ons are being used inside of Office? And so, what we're doing again is we're learning up in the cloud, mm-hmm. not just from enterprise organizations but also from consumers, and then we're applying that learning on-premises. Okay. And so, if you take a look here, this is, a, this is one of my favorite screens, and you know, th- this is, this is, a, this is a, um, the existing console as it exists here. here. Here, over the next kind of 60 to 90 days, we'll be able to come back and give you, th- this whole interface has been changed significantly, modernized, mm-hmm. right? But here, here's what's available in market today. As I just want to call your attention over here on the right-hand side. I love this because it basically says, listen, of all your devices, all your Windows, all Windows devices on your enterprise, if you go look at these 136 things, you will unblock 10% of them to upgrade to Windows 10 with high confidence. You know, we're coming back and saying mm-hmm. we have a high degree of confidence. If you go take action on these 136 items, you can unblock 10%. If you look at the 579, you can unblock 80% of your computers to go up to Windows 10. This is knowledge that's being delivered down to the organization from the Cloud, from Microsoft. It's a combination of what we know from the hardware, from app compatibility, from crowdsourcing, from seeing other apps running in other organizations. and So, we're now able to give IT guidance. This is intelligence and so you see how intelligence and how knowledge can flow into making IT more more effective. If I step over a little bit on this right here, give you a couple other data points on this. Now, here when I go to deploy, it actually shows you at this given time in this particular example, there are um, 16 devices that are ready to upgrade. Okay, so there's some work to do. <laughs> okay, are. Right. but the thing I want to point out is of those 16, if you click right here, if you click on that Export, it actually exports that into Config Manager.
0: Mm.
1: You're going to see this connection between Analytics, Config Manager, Intune get deeper and deeper and deeper to where there's not going to be a specific task to do this. Mm-hmm. What you'll see is as we see that there are devices that are ready to get upgraded, it's automatically going to be fed into Config Manager and Intune and then they can automatically be targeted. Well, Let me see. give you another example of what we do here. Today, you know, we we service more than six hundred million PCs around the globe, and we upgrade from one version of Windows to another. Mm-hmm. So, as you get into the spring here, we'll have you know the, the spring version of Windows that comes out, Spring two thousand and eighteen. Well, what we do inside of the cloud with that more than six hundred million, we actually know which devices have like a ninety nine point nine 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 percent likelihood of successfully upgrading, and those are the ones we first target, say on day one, yep. and then we go to ninety nine point nine nine and ninety nine point eight. You you get the idea. Yeah. We can take all that knowledge now about hardware configuration drivers and apply that as we look at every single IT organization's collection of devices, mm. and now give IT a view of the likelihood of success of all their PCs to upgrade to a new version of Windows.
0: That's fantastic. It's never been possible. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. And So again, we take the learning from the 600 million plus devices that we're managing in the consumer world and we can apply that in the enterprise world. Likewise, we apply what we're learning across all the enterprise to every enterprise.
0: That's, I mean, that's just incredible. Anything we can do to reduce the number of visits that somebody's going to have to make inside of an organization to somebody's desk. Yeah, I think
1: one of the fundamental changes in terms of management and security and protection is being knowledge driven. Yeah. And that's one of the core things that we've been working on on Microsoft 365. Last thing to show you here. Now, if you take a look here, one of the common questions we hear from organizations is, I want to upgrade to a new version of Office or new Office apps, but I want to understand, what plugins are being used, what add-ins are being used by all my users. And so here now you can actually get a view of all the Office add-ins that are being used and how many times they're being used. And like anything, you know, you see that there's 20% of the add-ins get used the most and you get this long tail. But now for the first time organizations can take a look at this and go like, I know now what plugins I have to make sure are upgraded. So when I upgrade to a new version of Office, everything the user's been doing is working. Again, it's all knowledge driven. Mm-hmm. And so one of the fundamental things that we believe in and I think one of the fundamental things that our customers should be pushing us on and pushing other potential vendors on is, what's the unique knowledge that you have? How are you taking your knowledge and automatically delivering that to me in a way that I enables me to take action, that improves the end- user experience, that improves the IT experience and makes us more secure? And that's fundamentally one of the things that we're working on at Microsoft 365. And this you're seeing just the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. on this. The scenarios that are being worked on right now where we're putting more and more and more of this telemetry to work
0: is, is cool. Yeah. It is yeah. cool. We will have some really awesome stuff in the next yeah. few episodes. Um, Brad, this is a non-technical side of things, but I know that you've been working on uh, something kind of fun recently as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, So, uh,
1: for the last three years in January, we've, we've recorded kind of a, a training video. It started out with being you know this EMS version one and then you know kind of the next ev- evolution of, of EMS. And so a couple of weeks ago, we filmed a new Microsoft 365 security training video. Okay? Uh, some of you who have seen some of these videos know the first one we recorded in a hangar. Mm-hmm. The second one we uh, filmed on a football—excuse a baseball field. Okay? The third one we did it at this really cool theater. Um, the fourth one, by far, is the most unique thing we've ever done.
0: I've, okay, I've heard there's a dinosaur. Yeah.
1: I am getting chased by a tyrannosaurus Rex <laughs> in one part of it. Okay? Um, But we cover end-to-end the security capabilities of Microsoft 365 across Office, across Windows, across EMS, and how they all fit together. It's it's really pretty amazing. I I think we're going to be able to provide a really quick teaser here. But in the next day or two, this will be available, and I'd really encourage everyone to watch it. It's one of the best security. uh, It's one of the best overviews of the end-to-end Microsoft 365 security we've ever put together. Okay, let's take a look at it. A green screen.
0: And this is the future of corporate filmmaking. Guys, let's fire it up and do some tests. All
1: right, time out. Time out. Hey,
0: listen.
1: Awesome, right? Nope. Are you sure? Absolutely not.
0: How they talk me into doing that, I don't know. Well, I, you know, I think there's, there's somebody is has definitely got a creative mind out there. Yeah. Um, and sick also. Sick and creative. Sick and creative, likes to put you in compromising positions. So, <laughs> um, very very cool, Brad. Yeah, thanks. please watch the
1: video. It, it it's it really is the best overview you're going to see of the Microsoft 365 security.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool when you see the whole thing. Um, Brad, thank you for joining me again yeah, in the studio. Um, super great to be able to talk to you guys and to show you everything that we just did. We will see you the next time on the Endpoint Zone.